1: Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience podcast. Today I have with me Tyler Sully-Sullivan. He is the founder of BombTech Golf, an e-commerce store with over 15 million sold online since 2012. Tyler also runs Ecom Growers, where he and his team help countless Shopify owners add six to seven figures in additional sales to their e-commerce stores, by optimizing email systems to find hidden revenue streams. Thank you for joining me today.
0: Glad to be here. Nailed the intro. <laughs>
1: Thank you. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today?
0: Yeah, so I'm a uh, accidental entrepreneur. I had no visions of this happening. I, it just kind of happened. So like I, I was working a regular day job in sales and I was obsessed with golf, right? Like every that, that's what I was obsessed with. And I was attempting to be the world's best long driver, which is like home run derby of golf. And I just started, I was actually the world's worst long driver, uh, but, but it, it got me back in love with golf. So what I was trying to do was hit the golf ball as far as I could. So during my you know practice and, and training and stuff, I was, I was breaking golf clubs. And it wasn't from my sheer power, which I wish it was, but it was from the inability of a local club builder to build clubs properly I was getting like custom clubs made for these competitions. I just started assembling my own clubs out of necessity, and then like a buddy was like, "Hey, can you build me a club?" I was like, uh, "Sure." He's like, "How much?" I was like, uh, "I don't, I don't even know." Um, and then I made the world's worst website to the point where I had like someone a caricature flexing in it breaking a golf club, and I sold nothing for like eight or nine months, and then I finally—this is my first epiphany. I've had many. But I'll never forget. I was on a boat. It was not a yacht. It was my, it was a boat. It floats. Um, And I got an email, and it was my first order. And it was such a mind shift. I was like, wait a second. I got an order while I was out fishing. You know, like it was just such a a a new concept to me. I was like, I just want to do more of that. So like that was the the first driving motivator. And then from there, I started you know, documenting my journey early days on Facebook, just, just as it was going with no expectations of what it was going to be. Um, and I just kind of grew it there and, and designed my own product with my local college, which was a whole different process and really just the documenting and putting myself on camera, although I was terrible on camera and still am, it built a relationship with my audience and I was able to do Facebook ads and then email to go from, you know, it was it was a modest growth for sure because I did a lot of things wrong. I went from like 400 grand to like a million plus to like 4 million to 6 million. And now we do like five to 8 million depending on the year. And I only have two employees. Um, so I was able to do that, which is insane. And then because of that success, I launched another company where we help other brands. And that was another accidental thing where my employee was like, hey, I'm doing all your email, crushing a few. People are messaging me saying, hey, can I help them? And we just co-founded together. Now that has, we're a top 25 agency with Clavio. So it's kind of been a whirlwind of like accidental things and just kind of going for it. Um, one thing I mentioned too, like BombTech was a side hustle and I got fired from my day job in 2013. This is my seventh anniversary. The week before Thanksgiving, when I found out my wife was pregnant. So it's like, I've had all these life epiphanies. And one was like the first sale in the boat. And the second big one was like, you just got fired and have no money. And you're pregnant with your first kid. And that was really when I said, it's either I'm going to make it happen or not. You know, so it was uh, unexpected and all worked out. But it, it's, it was crazy. You know, it still is.
1: Yeah. I mean, oftentimes those either bad or good things align and then force you into a situation or kind of force you to do things that you had in the back of your mind. Like you said, a side hustle and then making it, you know, your whole invested all in moment. And, mean, you know, during this whole quarantine pandemic, whatever at this point it is, a lot of people have been, you know, laid off, fired and have been kind of thrown into situations. Obviously some are still kind of looking for jobs and things like that, but others kind of switched over to their side hustle and invested in them. And I've had a lot of people that always wanted to write a book or you know come out with a course or a product, and basically the opportunity presented itself. Although there's a lot of uncertainty, it's actually added to them actually finishing those goals that they had kind of stored in the back of their mind or things that they may have built to a certain extent and then finally the opportunity came about that, you know, they were forced to focus on it a hundred percent of the time.
0: That, that was the case for me with being fired. You know, it was, it was a kick in the butt that I needed. And there was, there will never be a moment like that where I could feel so much pressure. I mean, a new kid coming, having the comfort of a, you know, a secure job and that being gone, you know, that was like, I can't even express like I worked 20 hours a day, seven days a week. When my, when even when I had a kid, because I had to, it was just one of those things and I was doing so many things wrong, but I had to learn to do those things wrong, to do the things right. You know? And, and it was like, it all kind of just happened, you know? And, and it was like, at the moment seemed like the world's worst thing, but now it's like, if it didn't happen, I, I may not be here. You know? So it's, So anyone that's been laid off, I mean, totally been there. It's so hard to in the moment be like, oh, this is an opportunity, but it it just changes your perspective. And for me, I'll never work for someone else again because I just I was there and it's just so vulnerable a position. And, you know, it just changed my perspective, you know.
1: Yeah. And it's like, like I said, you have to do something about it. So you either go all in and out of necessity, you have to, you know, run with it and make it successful. I mean, originally I was supposed to go into the criminal justice field, like last semester of college, I had an internship with the secret service. And then I graduated when the 2008 recession hit, the state local federal agencies froze hiring. So I was looking for months and months and was like down and depressed. And then an opportunity came about in terms of digital marketing. I knew nothing about digital. Like I hated other than browsing for things on the internet. I didn't do anything in terms of marketing or wasn't really big in terms of any kind of brand presence or leveraging social media, which was still in its infancy back then. But I mean, I had no other choice and then I learned it. I kind of fell in love with it. It's opened up a lot of opportunities, you know, founding an agency having you know director roles on the agency side fortune 500 clients and if i didn't take that opportunity and still sat there and kind of i guess moped around felt bad for myself and not necessarily learn from it and really understand what my talents are because there's a lot of things you can do or people can do in terms of a skill set that can carry over to another industry so basically i took it and 12 years later i'm still running with it
0: That's well, sweet it's like the golden handcuffs of a of a job you know it's like they pay you enough to uh, keep you from not pursuing your dreams, (laughs) you know? And uh, my goal is I hope for my employees that I give them enough freedom and opportunity so they feel fulfilled. Um, Because on the other flip side, it's like, yes, my path was entrepreneurship, which I never expected, but I don't think everyone's path is. You know, I think a lot of people should, but I think there's also a, a lot of people spitting, you know, like, hustle grind and do this and and they may be a great number two or they may be a great employee and it's like there's a lot of stress and a lot of things that don't go that aren't spoken about so i I think it's for me i just that's kind of how i am i was doing it before i was fired so it's like i just had this internal thing so i also don't want people to be like oh i have to start my own thing if it doesn't make sense for their personality their life and you know whatever And, and That's all. Everyone is unique. Um, But yeah, regardless if you've been let, let go, it's just it's a good perspective change. And that's like in my life, like when I had my first kid, my second kid, you know, the second child, I was able to really take time off and realize like I'm not that important in the business anymore. And I was able to work less and make more. So I went from working like all the time, took six weeks off before she was born and sales went up. So it made me realize that I wanted to feel busy all the time. But a lot of times me just running and moving my legs didn't move the needle. And that's been one of my hardest learnings is like I always want to just run through walls and just keep moving. But like what I try to do now is take a step back, hire people smarter than myself, get out of my own way and just build a system that allows me to not exit, but get out of it. And it, and, it, and it revolves around people smarter than myself because I'm not a details guy. I'm not a great employee. I'm I'm good at the overall vision and building. Um, And that's been like phase three of my many epiphanies. You know, it's like, I'm not that smart. You know, I'm just a coordinator and high level stuff, but I'm not a good doer, you know, day to day. So I find people that are better than myself, you know?
1: Yeah, and like you said, I think it's very situational. So I never kind of push, you know, you need to quit your job and start a company or follow that one thing. I mean, (laughs) that dream or goal may be rational or irrational. It may be a good or bad idea, but like it's all situational. So situational where it's a side hustle, maybe you want to keep it a side hustle. Maybe it's a hobby that you monetize and you want to keep it at that level. Like you said, it's whatever's best for that individual and nobody's forced or they have to be an entrepreneur because entrepreneurship is a lonely journey. People don't often talk about mental health and obviously burnout. There's a higher rate of, you know, suicide and and things like that, startup founders, you know, company founders, and especially now as well. So, I mean, whatever works for you works for you. And you shouldn't like look at somebody because somebody's situation and variables are a lot different. I know a lot of people kind of preach, you know, if you have an idea, you know, quit your job, burn the ships, have it, you know, be pushed against the wall. And then like out of that pressure, like, you know, under pressure, a diamond created, like it doesn't necessarily work for everybody. It's whatever works for you. And like you said, you know, the number 100 employee of Facebook is doing a lot better than 99% of people in the U.S. and in the world. So just because you're not a founder or start something doesn't mean you can't be successful if it works for you.
0: Totally, Yeah, yeah. everyone is different, you know, and and that's, I'm still learning, like, as an owner and founder, like, how, how do I want my life to be? And I even go through ebbs and flows of like, I, I almost get manic where I like I want to work all the time, and I go through these cycles where I'm like, I, I just grind, and then I then I don't see a lot of improvement, and then I like take time off. So I, I'm still learning too. After eight years of doing or nine years of doing this, it's like I enjoy building and I enjoy doing certain things. And a lot and lately I've been saying no to a lot of things. Like today I was like. I had some stuff set up. And I said, no. And I just went golfing. So I just got back because it was 62 degrees in Vermont in November, which is unheard of. And I'm much happier, you know? So like, and I spend a lot of time with my kids. And I also found me saying no actually allowed me more time to think and have better, um, real impactful concepts that may happen once a year versus like when I'm always grinding in front of a computer Like, which I try not to really do, which everyone's like, what do you mean? What do you do? But I've never had a really good game changing decision or um, idea from in front of my computer. It's always like, I'm on the course, I'm fishing, I'm skiing. So like, I'm trying to live life and build companies where they can grow without me, which has been definitely difficult. But I I kind of, I see the path. So I, I do a lot of effort in the early stages of building systems. And then bring people in when the system's good enough. And then we iterate on that, like make the system better and better. Like with our agency, we've got 30 clients with five employees. So we're really lean. Um, and we're going to scale up to, and this is kind of scary. Uh, we're, we're trying to scale up to 250 clients. Uh, but the only way we could do this is if we have a system. So we, we, we've blown it up multiple times on the agency side And said, okay, we need to make it simpler. We need to make it simpler. We need to make it simpler. And then it's like so simple. And now we're just trying to find, and now I'm making a system for hiring. You know, so now I've got an HR method of like, this is the exact question. This is exactly how they have to answer this, this this, this is their experience. So now someone else other than me can hire. Someone else than me can do the email. Someone else than me can generate the leads. And then I can do stuff that I like, which is like podcast interviews and golfing. (laughs) You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I agree, and it's one of those things. Like the other point you just touched on, and then a little earlier, it's like okay, when you do start something, you want to be part of everything and work, you know, twenty four seven, and it's going to lead to burnout. Like you're not going to be, you can't do everything, so you have to figure out, like you said, a process or a system, and then hire people around you for the things you may not know that they're experts in, or that you don't necessarily want to focus on in terms of figuring out what your strengths are and doubling down on that and if that's you know scaling in terms of sales or other kind of like high level management or like you said creating additional systems or streamlining systems so then you can scale but you're not going to scale if you can't like let go because it's tough when you start something it's your baby to trust other people and in their hands and then eventually like you said when you kind of took that six weeks off and you started becoming more profitable, you can then see, okay, it can function on its own. It can, you know, grow and I can really focus on the things that actually kind of move the needle.
0: I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's just one of those things where it's, I find it, especially early days, you want to be controlling everything to a point of suffocation. And that's what I did. You know, I was assembling clubs myself. I was shipping myself, doing email, doing, Facebook, running the ads, and and I had to because I didn't have the money to hire people. So like, what I tell people or anyone, small business, sub 1 million, it's like in sales, is you need to learn it so you're proficient enough to hire and fire. I don't care what the role is. I know how to do Facebook ads. Do I like Facebook ads? Absolutely not. I hate it. I've got an agency that does my Facebook ads. Do I love email? I like the copy and strategy, but I don't like sending the email. So my agency, Econ growers sends my email. Do I like shipping the clubs? Hell no. So I got a three P on Wisconsin that ships all my clubs. So it's, it's one of those things where it took me years and years to even like go from letting someone else assemble them to letting someone else ship them to let someone else do customer service. And so so like every piece, it, it was hard, but I realized like, I'm not truly an expert, but I need to know everything enough to hire and fire. And one of my Biggest mistakes was I hired, I fired an agency, and actually an expert. He was a small boutique agency guy in 2016 who was killing it. He was absolutely murdering it for us on ads. We had like a 6X return ad spend, which is like unheard of. And it was January, it was an off season for us. And I'm like, I didn't see the numbers where I thought, and it was because previous year we did a big launch and I wasn't in the data and I just let him go. And it took me literally about 10 months. To I hired and fired 12 or 13 agencies in that time and then had to learn Facebook ads. And that that year was the toughest year of my life because it made me realize, wow, I didn't know enough to, and I fired someone that was great. So I I, I said, I'm going to know everything enough so I can truly vet. So now what I do is I vet anyone, I don't care what it is, if it's your inventory guy, if it's my ad guy, an email guy, a fulfillment center, whatever it is, I pay them for an hour and I screen share whatever skill they're good at, and I'll pay, I'll pay them, so it's worth their time. And if I learn something great, if I don't learn, some, or what I would do with ads, if I learn something good, if they beat my results, they were hired. So it took me 12 agencies to find my current ad guy who beat me, so it was like, it was. so now at least I have a, a somewhat of a process where whatever I want to do, instead of like hiring them full, full blown, I say, all right, cool, I'll pay you for an hour of your time, just to see what, if it's like a legitimate angle or strategy or whatever it is. And then if it looks good, we'll trial you. And that has saved me a lot of effort. So I can just try stuff quick. So if it's like a new video I wanna get made, i was like, cool, instead of doing a 12 month agreement where we'll do 18 videos a month, we'll do one. See how it goes, see if it works, you know what I mean? So that, like that's how I look at taking action. I don't think a lot. I just say, okay, this is what I wanna do. Let's do it for an hour. If it's cool, we'll just go for it and try it. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, you need to see results and process. I mean, I've dissuaded uh companies to partner with other companies or do things because you look at a contract or you look at something, like it's not results driven. Like there's no results proven. It's just like you're getting XYZ and then like a made up amount based on nothing that this is what you may see so it's like very speculative or i mean i do a lot of like pro bono stuff for friends or people that just reach out to me on social media that they may not have the budget to you know work with me but i hate seeing people get screwed over so looking at a contract or like listen, you need to be asking them these questions or show some kind of results or go through a process to really understand if they understand what they're doing. And, you know, it's helped a lot of people and, you know, I spent my free time doing it, but like, I'd rather have more people look at digital or any aspect of digital marketing favorably than the first experience they have is like a snake oil salesman experience.
0: It's a lot out there, man. I I had that experience and that's when accidentally we started and said, well, I never want to be an agency like the ones we have, I had hired, you know, so I had no expectations of hiring or starting one. It was just my first employee who ran all my email. He was crushing it for me and people started reaching out to me with all the case studies on bomb tech. I kept saying no, because I was like, I, I honestly don't think I can help you. And then he's like, well, I know how to run email. Can I do it for them? I was like, you know, in this Chris, who's my partner in the e growers agency, he's such a unique individual. He was working literally hundred hours a week without me asking him to, he would always be he'd ping me at like two in the morning at the bars. And like, dude, look at the conversion rate right now on your website. Like it was just he he was he's unlike any employee could ever be, and that's why he's now my partner. But he he 2x three clients revenue in 30 days. I said, okay, you proved that you can do it for other brands, let's partner up. And so that's that was like three and a half years ago. Um so he runs all the fulfillment, manages all the employees in the day-to-day sending of email and now we do SMS. But it was just one of those things where he had the, the drive, the experience. And we have a unique perspective because I still own an e-commerce brand. And he helped me do the email. So he had run it side by side with me. So it's just it's a unique perspective. And it's really his uh, fulfillment and doing expertise. And now we're just trying to find people that are even smarter than us to fulfill our current openings. And um, I get to do the fun part, which is do podcasts like this and talk about it. You know, And it's it was, again, like... I hate to, when people are like, hey, what's a good trend? Like, should I make sell women's leggings or like uh, mask or whatever? I'm like, oh my God. Like, for me, I can't, I, I honestly don't even know what to say. I, I, well, I do, what I do say is do something you like so it never will feel like work. So, like, I love golf. I was golfing every day. So, I started a golf company. Like, I ski all winter. I was going to start a ski company and I, I decided not to for a couple reasons. But it was like, that would be my next thing because it's stuff I'm already doing it wouldn't feel like I, oh I don't know this industry I have to learn it like you know what I mean so do what you're already doing and if you can monetize what you're already doing that's really the dream you know
1: yeah I agree so what's one thing that currently motivates you obviously those motivations may have changed over time with the situations and things like that but what currently motivates you to succeed
0: definitely my family you know I've got two young kids and my wife and I remember being in so much debt and having working capital loans, and I just never want to feel like that again. So, like, just it, it is—I wouldn't say it's money; it's a certain monetary piece of it. I, I think I've surpassed that now, but I still, always I, I tend to operate too much in the like scarcity mindset. So, I'm trying to break that limiting belief. But really, like, other than that, growing businesses and providing abundance for people is really where I'm trying to go and my e-commerce brand sometimes is frustrating to me because I have two direct employees but I don't necessarily have a, a clear path for them to go like way up because I have experts in every area whereas our agency model we've got a little more clear path for growth for employees and it's like that business just has so much more scale in terms of people which is a whole different battle but I think that I would love like in, in another year to have a Christmas party with no COVID or a holiday party, where we're on the ski mount and there's 50 employees and everyone is popping bottles and having a good salary and having a good time. So like that's my vision is can I build a business that's bigger than myself that provides for many people and we can just do fun shit? Like really at the end of the day. like I want to turn into a CFO where I'm like the chief fun officer. Like that, that's my ultimate dream and where, where the money and that's been the hardest thing is I've been so like tight or lean in terms of how to operate where I, I'm trying to like get to a point where have enough abundance of revenue and income, which is hard so that it doesn't matter what decisions you make, which sounds crazy, but like do stuff like we're, we're rolling out hundred percent healthcare for my employees, which I thought I would never be able to do. And it's going to cut into margins big time. But my thought is, how much will this help their mental state feel important? You know, and it will cost us money, but it's like, I just want them to feel good. So like, that's the direction. It's been taking me a long time to go from employees or a cost center to their, the investment. So that's my, like my next big thing that I think will you know, motivate me and fulfill me, you know?
1: Yeah, I agree. Obviously, the family motivation is there for, for a lot of people and then kind of that human capital because majority of companies are their employees. You can't necessarily, like you said, replace the agency you had. It took you a while and a lot of growing pains, especially the same thing if you have an employee and you maybe undervalue them or don't give them something in terms of flourishing or comfortable or add value or show them that you know they're valuable to your organization if they're really good at what they do they can find another role somewhere else in terms of that skill set and then kind of like obviously the the agency itself you feel good when you can you know double triple quadruple sales for another company because you know that's their livelihood and their employees and it's creating kind of you know a, a chain of success and you know stability for for other people as well
0: Yeah, it's a whole different world when we get to help other e-com brands because if they profit more, they can hire more and have more impact. Whereas like my golf brand, I absolutely love it. It's my passion. I just, I don't, it generates a lot of revenue for me and for my experts and my couple of guys. It's just, it's a different model. So it's like two different companies. One is really heavy in people. One is heavy in product, you know? So like, I love the product side. I love the scale and you can do 100K in a day. On a, on a product business, but the people side is really, I think I also like challenges. So like when it's something new and I have never really built a big team, it's it's like, all right, now I thrive on, let's build a system, bring in the best people and then make it streamlined so I can hand it off. And um, so, so I think the next two years, I think we're going to see a lot of growth and make a lot of mistakes. Um, but hopefully we have fun and our employees have fun and they feel uh, valuable, you know, in the process, which has been always my one of my weaknesses. Like, I needed to spend more time to say, "Hey, you're doing a good job," you know.
1: Yeah, I agree. Which is funny that you mentioned weaknesses, but uh, what's one thing that you may have seen as a weakness in the past might be that or something else that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today?
0: I think my biggest weakness is the ability to be deep in the weeds in terms of like details. Like I'm just not, I've realized over the years that I'm not a detail-oriented executor. Like I can I can do like dive into the computer and fix something or like build a Facebook ad or build out a flow or get really nerdy with the tech and stuff. But it's like that stuff is so painful to me and I've screwed it up so many times where I've hurt conversion rates that that, I, I've realized that and been self-aware to a point where I then just realized I just need to hire. Like I just need to find other people. So my weaknesses and, and the ability to focus and do be a doer allows me to find people that are better at the doing than me. And like, it, I think it's more the self-awareness of my weakness that allowed me to be successful. And that like, it's almost to a fault though too. Now I'm like, so aware. I'm like, I should do nothing. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's like, I try to almost, uh, hire and replace myself on everything, but I do have to do some things, you know? So it's, it's definitely details and then just hand it off, you know?
1: yeah i agree and like coming to terms and, and being self-aware of like what that is for each person so me i think i'm a, i think i'm an introvert like if if i'm forced like okay we have this interview i'm more than open and like it's like low-key conversation it flows real well but if it's like we're at like a networking event and to walk over to talk to i'm i'm more inclined to to not do that so it's like being aware of that and if you can network with people or meet people in different ways or whatever that may be for you, there's always kind of workarounds or like, you know, if it's a specific skill set or something like that, then obviously surrounding yourself with people that can, you know, fill kind of those voids.
0: So yeah. And for me, it's like, I also just try to do things I'm enjoying at this point. It's like I have lost revenue or lost opportunities. I just said no, Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm now more okay with that than ever. And that took me years and years. Because so I would chase every opportunity, take every phone call. And like, I just realized like at some point, I mean, this has been a long time, but it's like stuff is not worth pursuing. There's things that you just got to say no, you know, and, and realize it's the business should run work for you. You shouldn't work for it. You know?
1: Yeah, I agree. So, what's one piece of advice you may have for the audience, personal or professional?
0: Uh, I mean, personal, like that's been something I've been working on for since I had my kids. But with COVID this year, and I don't always do a good job with this, but I've really tried and I get in like ruts with this to lose my phone. Where I like, like this summer in particular, I bought a pontoon boat. And I went fishing like every day with my family, my six-year-old, three-year-old and my wife. And we just tooled around, went to the beach and like was totally disconnected. And it was the best experience. And so for me, it's like, I personally try to take different roles throughout the day. Like when I'm in work mode, I try to turn on, how can I be the best CEO? And then when I'm home, how can I be the best dad? And then, If I'm on the golf course today, how can I be a best friend? You know what I mean? Or, you know, golf buddy. So it's really just like, that's how I kind of like do things from a personal standpoint is like picture myself in different roles as I do it. And that, at least for me, has allowed me to be happier when I'm doing certain things. And like when I'm in dad mode, dads don't check their phone. If you're the world's best dad, you're not checking your phone for email, even though it's like so hard to do. So I just turn the phone off, I literally will throw it in the other room where I can't see it. Um, So that's personal then like from a professional standpoint, I think this is a simple one, but I think everyone overlooks it like email is what I talk about a lot as your only asset you own, uh, your customer list or email list. So if you, if you are just starting and you aren't even ready, I would recommend having an email capture of some sort, whether it's a pop up on a website to give away some value in any capacity, just to start building your list. So building your list earlier. Um, and that's kind of what I did accidentally when I launched my my brand is I was getting emails for a pre-order when a product didn't even exist for a year. People were signing up. So it allowed me to build a list when I didn't even have a product. So I think a lot of times, it's, and that's early days, but like even if you are established, change how you look at email. It's not a push out, and get money it's a two-way conversation and really what happens if facebook ads die tomorrow or google ads die tomorrow is your list living breathing and will it will you be able to sell out your product if it was like a worst case scenario so it's like that's a bigger mind mind shift and like perspective on it what, what is your business and what do you own and for me there's that's really like we've got a large facebook page a large facebook group Uh, you know, we have all these other assets, but they're not as powerful as our customer list, or email list. So it's just a look at it differently, have real conversations, um, and overall, just be genuine in whatever you do. And it's going to drive more sales and more engagement, you know?
1: Yeah, I agree. I think uh, technology detox is definitely important, whether it's like shut off or like that mindset, you're in work mode, you're in dad mode, or in general, like If I go on vacation, like I'm so tempted to check email or log into analytics or do whatever. But when you truly kind of disconnect for a few days, it just recharges you like mentally, like you're more clear, you're more kind of reset, recalibrated. And uh, obviously, I feel that's like super important. And I mean, it's worked really well for me.
0: It's not easy to do. And I I say it's like I got an office because my kids are doing virtual school. So we had like separated spaces and like if i have a heavy work day you know it's really hard for me to disconnect so i'm just being self aware of that and i'm like all right take 20 minutes before you go home and just i have like a small basketball hoop indoor hoop i'll just shoot hoops or i'll, I'll do a quick workout or i'll putt golf ball i will just like and the other key trick i do like before i do that i'll write down what i need to do ne- the next day so it's out of my brain it's like i know i got to do four things tomorrow let's just write them down already have the to-do list. And so it's, it is hard. Cause like I was in, you know, I was doing 20 hour days for a long time and it's just, it's when you're an entrepreneur, which I still is, I'm weird calling myself that it's hard to turn it off. You know what I mean? You get in these modes where it's like you want to push and it is hard, but got to do it, man. You know, in the long term, you're going to have less burnout, your wife will be happier, your kids will be happier. You know, it's not easy, but anything worth doing is not easy, you
1: know. Yeah, I agree and then the other point you made in terms of like having something that you fully own that is not dependent on something that you don't control either shutting down or like if you have an ad account and somebody's doing that for you, it can get taken down or shut off or locked or hacked or anything and then what do you do? Um I had a friend that actually like was running I guess it was in 2008, 2007 on facebook and was killing it and then facebook banned all of his ad accounts so it's like you know i mean i always kind of say don't put your eggs in one basket in that sense and like own it so like your email list obviously your customer list or if you have a, a website and you actually keep building it over time where you own it you know you host it it's not dependent on anybody you built it you've built that organic traffic that you control and it's not like a on and on on and off switch if your paid budgets change if anything else changed. And I mean, p- for me, it's it's you know, been the test of time. I actually had an interview like two weeks and uh, two months, uh, ugh, two weeks, two months, two years into my career at a startup. And basically I'm like, listen, Google's gonna roll out with like these algorithm changes and crack down. And I'm like, the you're getting millions of you know visitors and tens of millions of views on your website. But what happened if the algorithm changes in the structure of your site, you're going to get penalized. So like they they said, no, no. And then a week later, they frantically gave me an offer when a major algorithm update came out and they lost like 50 percent of their traffic. I'm like, if you're not going to believe me then and this is you're going to bank on it, like even if I work there, it's going to be a headache. And I told you so. You didn't want to believe me. So it is what it is.
0: Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's even like Facebook organic reach, you know, like there was other companies that like fired half their staff because they're getting like crazy. I forget the name of the companies they are like, uh, media companies they are getting crazy reach and shares. And then they just throttled it. And like they laid off half the company or went out of business because they were just making bank on like insane reach. So it's like, it's hard because like you rely on that as a company, but if you just, Shift it to like, all right. My customers are the most important. So like, for me, we, we, you know, we do thank you letters, thank you voicemails. I I have a Facebook group where I engage with people. Um, You know, like if really if if things went to shit, I would call every customer myself. I'd be like, hey, you know, like just have conversations with them. And if I had like a million dollars, couple million dollars of product, I guarantee because I I really have invested in treating them well that we could sell whatever we needed to sell. You know what I mean? So it's, it's just a big mind shift on like, everyone says we're the best at making a good customer experience, but most people are really not. Um, So we, I spend a lot on my customer service guys and they're just paid to do the unexpected. Like they're paid to wow customers. And it's hard to do that when you're in it, in the weeds. And, and it's like, Oh my God, I have to spend what to make that customer happy. And it's like, that's why I separate myself from that stuff. You know? Got the cops coming to get me, um, but yeah, yeah. So it's it's an interesting view on it. It's just like have a good product, have a story, and actually care about your customers. And it's like that's all you need, you know.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it, people overcomplicate processes and like, oh, well, you know, how did this company or this campaign become successful? It's like showing who you really are, you know, being authentic, what your unique value proposition is and creating content different types, obviously audio, video, text, image and then basically packaging it into the delivery mechanism that could be paid search, you know, that could be Facebook organic, Facebook paid and basically packaging it and making it consumable for that specific channel. And I mean, yes, there's different strategy and tactics involved, but it can be simplified to that level.
0: Sure. It's it's easy to make things complicated. Like one one of my worst years in terms of revenue and mental state was the year I tried everything. I tried every marketing tactic, every strategy you've ever heard, and it, it all it did was burn me out and I lost view on what was important. Like we've got core offers, you know, a certain branding and messaging. I just tried all these different things and tried, you know, and it's like at a high level, this is what we do. This is why we exist. This is our best selling products. It's like, I get it. You want to, as an entrepreneur, you want to take, you want to always improve and always be better. But it's, that is one of the problems is there's so much misinformation out there. And there's so many things you could try that may work for some brand. And it's like, at at the end of the day, I look at it really simple. It's like, you have traffic, you've got email, you've got SMS, and really you've got your product like that's really it if you can drive traffic and own some of those uh people that get there and you've got a good offer it's like that's the core you know and then you have the message all all the nuance that goes along with that but it's like you don't have to try all these different funnels and things and like yes those may work but you don't need to be the one doing it so for me i just look at high level strategy now just like have my team where i'm like hey i've got a crazy idea as a visionary, like, Hey, let's just try this. And then let the, let them as the expert determine if that was a good idea or bad idea, you know?
1: Yeah. Great. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you?
0: Yeah. So I'm really active on LinkedIn, uh, Tyler Sullivan. Uh, if you're an e-commerce brand, we help e brands profit more with Clavio and SMS. That's uh, ecomgrowers.com. Or if you're a golfer, bombtechgolf.com and you can email me direct at sully at ecom and i look forward to talking with you guys awesome thanks again for stopping by thanks so much for the uh for the talk i enjoyed it